Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you live in the office, Sunday. We've made it through another week. You know, we're almost through another month. Do you realize that we're like uh, two months away from Christmas? That doesn't seem possible. And I know, slow your roll there, Santa. It's not time to put your Christmas tree up just yet. We still got a few things to get through before we get to you. So for that's for my friends who really like to get Christmas started way too early. Anyway, I want to share a message with you this morning that was actually inspired by a very good friend, a family that um, we work with closely in ministry in, in uh, the Peterson Outdoor Ministries organization. Um, uh, Josh Blanchard is one of our board members uh, with Peterson. He's on the board with me, um, and he has had some physical problems. He's actually in the hospital in St. Louis right now. They've had to do some surgery on him. They're still trying to sort out some things going on with him. And his wife's over there with him. And, man, we've been praying for him and lifting him up. And in the midst of all this last week, she posted a picture of a like a, a little notebook that had something inscribed on it that just absolutely jumped all over me. And I'll, you know how things go. That'll preach is usually what I say when I see things like that. And sure enough, it wasn't long before I messaged Amanda and I said, hey, you've inspired a message. Um, so this is all for, for them this morning. Uh, I believe that God has, has used them in the process, even of their hardship, uh, to speak loudly to other people. What that thing said, what she had posted, the little meme, it said, Lord, empty me of me so I can be filled with you. Now, that alone would probably preach, but it goes on. It says, Lord, empty me of the selfishness inside. You ever wondered about how much selfishness is inside you? Every vain ambition and poison of my pride and any foolishness my heart holds to. Our heart holds to lots of foolishness. We battle with pride. We battle with selfishness. You're not immune. We all do at different levels, different grades, whatever you want to call it. But it, it ends again with, Lord, empty me of me so I can be filled with you. I titled this message today after the inspiration from that, put down the pride. Put down the pride. Just, just back away. Walk away. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11 says this. Therefore, remember what that word means, because of this, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship that we share in the Spirit, if there is any great depth of affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. If there's anything, if there's any of these things, then, then put it all together and let it reflect uh, on your faith in spreading the gospel. Verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, through a factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important than yourselves. 
Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Put other people first. Verse 5 says, Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility. Who, although he existed in the form of the unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality with his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. Verse 8 says, After this, after he was formed in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, also, because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God was highly exalted and highly exalted him and bestowed him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father." Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Paul goes on to instruct the Philippians to have the same mindset as Jesus when relating to others. And he details just how humble Jesus was. What does it mean to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. First, let's define a couple of terms here. Selfish ambition. It can be understood as motivation to elevate oneself or to put one's own interests before another's. Self-ambition. It is a self-above-others approach. The Greek term here carries without a connotation of contentiousness. In fact, the King James Bible translates the word as strife. Vain conceit means excessive pride or self-esteem that has no foundation in reality. Vain conceit is an elevated and incorrect sense of oneself. Therefore, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit means not letting your actions be motivated by selfishness, pride, or one-upmanship. You don't have to have the last thing. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to step above the other one. You don't have to go again because someone else said something. We can learn how to avoid acting out of selfish ambition or vain conceit by looking at the contrasting words in this same context. The opposite of being selfish and vain is to, in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't just be worried about yourself. Be worried about others as well. I, I, I love some descriptions here 
things that come to my mind is, uh, I, anybody ever been to a church social? You know, where they're, where they're putting on the feed bag, you know, like after church, Thanksgiving meal, whatever. You know, there's just tables and tables of food. Have you ever been to one that, like, didn't have a whole lot of food and there was a whole lot of people? And you got that one guy who's, like, not concerned that there's 15 people behind him and he takes everything that's left in the pan and heaps his plate up really high? That's what that's what this is talking about. Quit looking out for yourself. Be mindful of those around you. Think about other people, you know, maybe portion out so that others have a shot. I actually, we were at the POM uh, banquet, our, our annual banquet and fundraiser that we do. Uh, man, it had a, had a great spread. And we're in this buffet line, right? We're, we're like walking down there filling our plates. And, and, and I came to the pan that had the cheesy potatoes. Yeah, cheesy potatoes. I mean, you can't go wrong when you put cheese and potatoes. You can't go wrong when you put cheese in anything. I'll even eat broccoli. You put cheese on it, the right cheese anyway, and enough of it. But think about this for a minute. Here I am, and this pan is like, there's hardly anything left in this pan. And I'm looking at the line behind me. My friends are behind me in line that I'm there with, sitting with at the table. And I thought, well, I'll just, I won't, I won't even take any cheesy potatoes. And that's hard for me because I like cheesy potatoes. But just as I'm about to move on, here comes the gal with a whole nother pan full of cheesy potatoes. So I gladly cleaned out the one that was there so she could take it away empty and put the full one in its place. But the mindset here is, is I wasn't just thinking about me. I, I don't want to just think about me. And I'm not patting myself on the back here for anything. I'm just saying I want to use it as an example. We must learn to be others focused, not self-focused. If we're putting others first, we won't be conceited or proud or overly ambitious. It's hard to be self-important when you're considering others as more important than you. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, Paul writes, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being unified or united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. As through understanding our salvation that we can live in unity with other believers and love them in Christ, even when they might not share the same objectives as us, as they might not have the same mindset, they might not even like the same football team. But we can still get along and have a unified body because we can keep our mouth shut when we need to. The basis of our being like-minded and free of strife is fourfold. One, we are united with Christ. Two, we are comforted with God's love. And three, we have the same spirit. And fourthly, we have been given tender compassion for others when we are in the mindset of Christ. When we truly see how much Christ has done for us and understand the fullness of his love, Pride and selfishness melt away. They're no longer an object of desire. Those who know the love of Christ do not wrangle for position within the family of God. Rather, they recognize the purpose of the body of Christ and live it out. We, that one-upmanship. I don't need to be higher on the totem pole than you. I don't need to have a, a better label. I don't need to have a, a, a better handle on things. I just want to work together. 
if the church body would catch this. Those who, who know the love of Christ don't have to fight for position within the family of God. There's no point because we're all on the same level. It's not a pyramid. There's not one pinnacle at the top and everybody falls in underneath. It's on the level playing field, shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and we've got the same goals in mind. Becoming willing to take a lower place in order to serve others. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another, as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. We've all received different things, but it's so that we can come together and flow as one. That doesn't mean that because you're good at one thing, you're not good at something else. We, we can learn to be multifaceted here. We, we can learn to be ambidextrous. We can learn to use all of our parts to work together for the good of God and his kingdom. They engage in Christian fellowship with focus on loving God and others. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, I love this passage of scripture. I actually founded a ministry on it when we were in New Mexico. Verse, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is second. The second commandment is you shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. If we can love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength, uh, that's it. There's nothing left. We actually titled that message in our in our ministry out there, Sold Out, because that's all. That's everything you are. There's nothing left over. When you love the Lord your God with all of those components, there's nothing left over. And then we're to love each other as ourselves. No commandment greater than this. Philippians chapter 2 in the, in the second part of verse 3 and into verse 4, it instructs believers to value others above themselves and look out for the other's interests. Again, this goes against the grain in our culture and society today, but we're to look out for the other's interests. We do not elevate ourselves above others, but willingly sacrifice in order to love them. When all believers act this way, we are of one mind and everyone is cared for. Paul gives similar instructions to the Galatians, counseling them to carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2, and to do good to all, especially fellow believers in Galatians 6.10. Verse 2, it says, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. In verse 10, it says, so then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. There's an insight. And especially the blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Let's do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also being that which promotes their spiritual well-being. In other words, it comes back to the iron sharpening iron. We need to be an example, live an example, help them mature in their faith. As they help us, we need each other, right? I mean, we need each other. I didn't come up with this message on my own. Someone else planted the seed. God watered it, and it began to sprout. And I'm and I'm sharing it with you today. It may go on from here because someone else may say, "Ooh, man, I could speak that a whole other way," and they might take this message and run with it some other direction. 
That's awesome. That's cool. That's how it works. Jesus was the, ep- ep- uh, the epitome of servanthood. Shortly after washing his disciples' feet, something usually done by the lowest of servants, Jesus said this. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Jesus took the lowest position possible. I don't know if you really understand washing of feet, uh, but in that day they, they wore flip-flops, right? I mean, they were holy flip-flops, you know, they were leather or whatever, but they had sandals. That was their types of shoes back then. Well, you ever walked in sand with flip-flops on? What does it do? It throws the dirt clear up halfway up your leg on the backside. I, I, I hate those things. But think about this. They, they, everywhere they go, it's dirt roads. They didn't have pavement back in unless it was cobblestone streets. But the majority of the roads were dirt. So all of this dust, everything's dusty, right? And so when they would get to wherever they were going, the servant would wash their feet. And that's what Jesus did for his disciples. He took a servant's towel and he washed his followers' feet. He was the leader, but he washed the followers' feet. Once again, showing that there's no positioning here. There's no, I'm above you. You got to do this for me. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm, I'm better than that. There's none of that going on here. Jesus is simply saying, "This I love one another like this." In other words, follow my example and serve each other. Jesus' love was self-sacrificial. He acted for the best of others rather than for his own glory. Matthew chapter 20 verse 28 says, "Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, Paul details Jesus' example of humility. Jesus was in every nature God, yet did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. That's powerful. <clears throat> that's, that's really powerful. Rather, the Son of God became human. More than that, he humbled himself to the lowliest position and died a shameful criminal's death in our place. How can we who follow such a Lord act out in pride? I mean, how, how can we say we're a follower of Christ and have any pride in us when we look at the example that Jesus set for us? There was never any pride shown. It was always humble and loving. When we consider what Christ did for us, we learn to not be so self-absorbed. Jesus promised us that as we seek to glorify God, our needs will be met. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34 says, says this so we can focus more on meeting the needs of others. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 25, it says, Therefore, remember, because of this, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about our life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, as to what you will wear, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They, they neither sow seed nor reap the harvest, nor gather the crops into the barns, yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And, and who do you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of life? And why are you worried about clothes? 
See how the lilies of the wildfires of the field grow? They do not labor, nor do they spin wool or make clothing. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God, um, let me find myself here. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith, therefore do not worry. Don't be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted, saying, What are we going to eat, or what are we going to drink, or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. But do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. But first and most importantly, seek, aim to strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all of these things will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What a powerful piece of scripture. Stop worrying about stuff. And I know our human nature is to worry. Um, I worry quite frequently. I, I have anxiety over my worry because I worry about things a lot. And my anxiety gets to me. I have to really stop and just calm myself down. I really think, and and I'm always talking to the Lord about this because I, I know what his word says. I know that he's capable. To, I've watched him take care of, of us. I've watched him take care of Ron and I just in the past couple of years as my health is beginning to decline and I can't do the things that I need to do, but yet God keeps providing. We've seen the miraculous. We, we've seen the provision. Uh, we've seen the, the check in the mailbox show up, right? I mean, it happens. God takes care of his own when we follow his word, when we too act in righteousness, doing everything that we can to be He, his life here on this earth in the example to others, leading people to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we understand the incredible sacrifice, the incredible grace and mercy of God on our behalf. You realize that, right? The, the, the ultimate sacrifice this, this incredible grace that he gives us and this mercy that he showed us on our behalf, we realize that we have no use for pride. When we recognize God's abundant grace, his provision, and his love, we understand that we have no need for selfishness. We need not focus solely on our own interests because we rest in a Savior. We have been adopted into an internal family. We can learn to love that family as the Father loves us. We're all family. Now, I know some family ain't too fun to hang out with sometimes, but we're still related. We still got to love them. That's what he tells us to do. We love on them, and we put them before us. We've been adopted into an eternal family. Rather than be motivated by selfishness or pride, we can be of one mind with fellow believers and put their interests before our own. Put down the pride. Put others first. Pick up your servant's towel and wash another's feet. I dare you to do that. That is a very humbling experience. I've been a part of that. Uh, the ministry that we're a part of with Peter Snapdoor Ministries, we, uh, when our chaplains come in, uh, these are men of God. These are out there on the front line serving our soldiers. Uh, they ha- oftentimes are in the heat of those battles, ministering to those guys as they struggle through the war. These guys carry every other's burden. Uh, these chaplains are, um, man, they're, they're, they're just monumental 
in, in needed for our military men and women. And so when we bring these chaplains in, we do a military chaplain's turkey hunt every spring. And we bring these chaplains in, we minister to them. Ministering to the minister, caring for the caregiver is another term for that. And one of those things that we do is we wash their feet. As servants of Peter Central Ministries, we, on our knees with a tub of water, wash these men's feet. It's humbling. It's humbling for them, and it's humbling for us. Uh, I've had my feet washed. That's a humbling experience as well. It's not something I want to go out and do every day because it's a, it's it challenges us, challenges our pride. It challenges our, our manhood to let someone wash our feet. But I tell you, it's life-altering. And that's exactly why Jesus did it with his servants. He knew how much it would alter their life. And it'll alter ours as well. Pick up your servant's towel and wash someone's feet today. And watch what happens around you. Let go of your pride. Put it down. Don't pick that stuff up. Live in the way Jesus lived and doing everything you can to promote the other. Doing everything you can to bless the other. Doing everything you can to, to, to put someone ahead of you in your interests and in your thoughts and feelings. It's not a competition here. We're here to serve the Lord. We're here to do His bidding on this earth right now. It's ours to do. He's not here with us. He sent the Holy Spirit to embolden us and empower us to speak His Word and to lead others to Jesus. Get your life right. Get surrendered to God in the right way. And let him use you to wash someone's feet. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I thank Amanda. Uh, praying for Amanda and Josh as they uh, continue on their battle and, and their their uh, front that they're on today. Trying to figure out all the things that are going on. Uh, we, we pray over those doctors and everybody. But uh, Amanda and Josh, we're thinking about you guys today. We love you. Thank you for the inspiration for this message. God bless everybody. Thank you for your support of our ministry. Thank you for praying for Rhonda and I. Uh, your love, the letters, the notes we get from time to time is so awesome. You want to support us financially? Easy to do so. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com, pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, if, if you can join us in partnering with us in our ministry, that would be so awesome. I know that God's going to do some big things for us soon uh, as I'm facing some surgeries that are going to put me down for a couple of months. Uh, without any income. So I know God's going to prepare the way for that. He'll take care of us. I believe he will. If he'll feed the sparrow, I believe he'll feed this old fat guy. Amen. God bless you guys. Ron and I love you. So thankful for you. Have a great Sunday. Find yourself in a house of worship this morning. You've still got time to get there. We're on our way soon. We love you. We'll talk to you again.